0: Hello and welcome to the Redemption Church podcast. We're a church in Newmarket, Ontario, Canada that exists to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission and the spirit of the Great Commandment. Thanks for joining us today. It is uh, great to be here and be with you and to celebrate the start of a new fall, a new ministry year, new launch, all of that. And so uh, what we're doing today, a little different. Usually I start a brand new series on a day like this, but we're gonna do that starting... Next week, I'll get to more of that a little bit later on, but today we are going to uh, finish up our Attributes of God series that we've been working our way through uh, throughout the entire summer. We're ending off with the idea of God's glory today. Uh, and wrapping up the series with that. And that is, of course, what we want to celebrate going forward, starting today and every day. Hopefully, we've been doing it from the beginning as well. But it is really about God's glory no matter what, whenever we gather and all that we are to do in our lives. And so if you would grab your Bibles and turn them to Psalm 72 right now, that would be great. And as you're getting yourself turned there, uh, perhaps you've experienced a moment like, uh, like one of these, okay? It's that... That breathtaking awe or wonder uh, that you had as you drove through the Canadian Rockies for the first time. Perhaps some of us have had the opportunity to get out there. It's amazing. Or, or maybe it's the reaction you feel uh, as you walk through an art gallery and you're taking in you know, the paintings and the sculptures and whatever it might have. It washes over you. That's a powerful uh, moment. It could be how Deeply moved you get when you hear a song. And it's just the, the way the music is written, the way the lyrics are, it just connects with you, it hits. Or maybe it's just simply the, the pleasure of a cup of coffee on your back deck in the morning. Listen, whether we're aware of it or not, uh, these moments, they're, they're all examples of what it means to catch a glimpse of God's glory. Now, if I asked you to define what God's glory is, you think you could do it? I think you could define it if you had a second here to kind of think and hum and haw and, and try and put it into words, could you? Okay, John Piper is a guy who comes to mind as, as someone who's preached and taught and, and, and written more about the glory of God than most, and yet even he claims that, that nailing an exact definition uh, is impossible. And that's because God's glory really is about his beauty, okay, more than it is about describing some kind of physical object that you can, that you can see. In fact, beauty is probably just the, the simplest way to try and understand what God's glory is. And with that in mind, uh, Piper, he actually takes a stab at, what he, at a definition, as he calls it, and, and he, he tries to help us understand it here. And he links it to God's holiness, which I, I think is really helpful for us, Because that's the very topic we looked at just last Sunday. Okay, and so here's what he says. He says, the glory of God is the manifest beauty of his holiness. It's the going public of his holiness. I love that line. It's the way he puts his holiness on display for people to apprehend. Okay, so the glory of God is the holiness of God made manifest. And a verse that we looked at last Sunday Isaiah 6, 3, is where the seraphim cried out, you remember this, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Yeah, it's his glory. Then see the connection there between his holiness and the earth being full of his glory. Okay, meaning that because of God's infinite holiness, okay, which again is, is what we've covered, um, the whole earth radiates forth the, the incredible beauty of his nature, okay, of, his, of his very essence to such a powerful degree that it's, that it's really difficult to, to fully describe it or, or even comprehend it. That's why we get these, these glimpses of it and then it feels like it's fleeting. It's hard for us to even wrap ourselves completely around it. And I think that's what it, it's getting at here when it says that the whole earth is full of his glory. It is, it is everywhere if we would learn... To see it. Okay, elsewhere, uh, Piper again, this is what he says. He says, the glory of God is the infinite beauty and greatness of God's manifold perfections. The infinite beauty, and I'm focusing on the manifestation of his character and his worth and his attributes, all of his perfections and greatness are beautiful as they are seen, and there are many of them. Okay, so, so when we say that God's glory is is sensed and experienced as you, you know, take in a beautiful landscape that you come across. Maybe it was on a canoe trip or something this summer or some road trip that you did or, or whenever you even savor like an amazing juicy steak, something like that. It's not just to say that those things are, you know, that thing itself is wonderful or, or beautiful or glorious. It's more than that. It's, a, it's that in those things, God is showing you and I who he is. He's showing us what he is like. Again, a glimpse of that. And that what makes those things beautiful or amazing or delicious or, or what have you is him. Right? It's him. It's, it's his beauty. It's, it's his glory. Okay? Their beauty and whatever thing we find beautiful and awesome and amazing, their, you know, their glory finds their roots ultimately in the creator. Right? He who created them. Okay, so similarly here, or similarly, when a when a teenager suffers you know whiplash in the hallway as the beautiful girl walks by, okay, or, or as you experience that that joy of you know a powerful night with people from church. You know, it's, a, it's a small group, it's, it's something like that, where you, you were able to connect with somebody deeply and, and you're, you're able to mutually encourage somebody or somebody was transparent and, and that resonated with you or you were transparent with them and they appreciated that. And it's this awesome experience. There were, or a time where you were blessed by someone's generosity and you're saying, wow, wow, that's incredible. Okay? All of these things are meant to show you and I, they're meant to, to point us to the glory of God that he's revealing in those situations, in those, in those people, in those, those relationships, those moments. And what I'm saying here is that the beauty that we see in, in nature or, or in, in the arts or, or in people is meant to reveal or, or, and, and help us see the beauty and the glory of God. It, it's, it's him, it's, it's his glory that we're to sense that we're to, to marvel in when we experience these things. And so in some ways, the way I've been kind of thinking about it is we're actually, if you think about it, to, we're supposed to look through those experiences, those, those moments, and, and see something awesome about God and revel in Him. Now, I'm aware that that's quite a bit of a preamble here, and we haven't even really got into the, you know, the, the main point that we're looking at today or the verse or anything like that. So here you are. Here we go. Okay, It's, I am astounded as I consider that God is glorious. He truly is. I I am astounded by that. And the verse we're looking at even quickly here today is Psalm 72, verse 19. Okay, so take a look at it with me. And here's what it says. Very simply, blessed be his name. Sorry, blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Okay, so whereas the verse we looked at last week, Isaiah 6, verse 3, says the whole earth is full of his glory because it is, this verse here is saying may the whole earth be filled with his glory. Meaning may we, you know, may we be more aware of it. May, may it be the desire of our hearts to see the God of heaven, the, the almighty creator glorified in every single moment of our lives. In every, in every conversation we would have with anybody, with any experience or, that we might have or thought that may come through our minds, may the Lord uh, of glory be glorified. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Now, now when the Bible describes God's glory and, and what it's like, it actually uses a couple of different words, and I know some of these are going to be familiar with you for sure, but in Ezekiel, in Ezekiel uh, 43, verse 2, it says, And behold, the glory of the God of Israel was coming from the way of the east. And his voice was like the sound of many waters. And the whole earth, notice, shone with his glory. It shone with his glory. So it's picturing his glory as this bright thing, as, as a light. Okay? The, the rest of the Bible talks about that, that idea many times as well. New Testament uh, on top of it, of course, um, Luke 2 Uh, verse 9, very similar in its choice of words, as an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. Ligonier Ministries uh, says this, got this for you on the screen. It says, when we think of the glory of the Lord, the image of brilliant light often comes to mind. That is certainly appropriate, as Scripture often describes the glory of God in terms of light that shines brighter than anything that we experience on earth. Okay, in Exodus 24, uh, verse 17, it says this. It says, Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire. Notice that description. A devouring fire on top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Okay, so again, in this case, you know, it, it's pictured as this intense, all consuming fire. Now, I remember hearing uh, a long time ago somebody once say something along the lines of, As light is to bulb, or heat is to fire, or wet is to water, glory is to God. So so glory is what emanates from God. Now during the the Exodus, the Lord's very presence led Israel through the wilderness by way of, you remember this, a, a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day. And the glory that emanated from the cloud uh, in particular is described in Exodus chapter 40 as, as way too intense for Moses to be, even be able to deal with. Okay, here's what it says in verse 34 and 35. It says, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses, notice, was not able to enter the tent of meeting, because the cloud settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the the tabernacle. Okay, okay, bottom line out of everything that we're, that we're talking about here today is that God's glory is, is, is far too awesome and, and potent to, to perfectly describe okay, and, then, and then completely experience for us as mere mortals. Okay, that we, we, want a, we want a taste of it. We want a glimpse of it. We want the Lord to pour it out all of those things, but we couldn't even handle the full weight of it. Okay, but to, to try and understand it as best as we can and then to, to desire and experience in our lives and as a church is clearly of utmost importance to the scriptures. And so therefore, it should be of, of utmost importance to us as well. Okay, that, that's why literally every Sunday morning as, as I'm driving here to the service, sometimes I have Wyatt with me in the car if he's serving and sometimes I'm coming by myself every single morning, I pray essentially what Moses cried out for in in Exodus 33, verse 18. Remember, he said to the Lord, show me your glory. That's what he wanted. Show me your glory. And so so that's, that's honestly my prayer all the time. Lord, give us, give Redemption Church a glimpse of how awesome you are today. Lord, would you do it? Would you reveal yourself to us? God, would you divert our attention away from the distractions of the world? For for a moment, even. Would you, would you get our minds off of our problems, off, off of our fears and, and and all the different ways that we're so self-centered all the time? God, would you captivate us with your glory? Because when we're struck, Lord, by this, when 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 you show up and do something awesome and we're 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 rattled by your beauty, our, our hearts are changed. Right? We are changed. Our hearts align with with God's heart, and we're transformed right, from, into, into people who, again, from the heart, want to glorify God. Not people who can just say the right things right, and, and put on a show for an hour or two at church. No, the people who are transformed from the inside out. And so listen, like some variation of that is what I'm praying every single Sunday morning. And I would urge you, I would plead with you, please pray that too. Pray that exact thing as you're driving uh, into church in the morning. Get your kids to, 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 to quiet down and, and tell them, no, listen, we're going to pray for this. We're going to come. We're going to ask the Lord to do something awesome today at church. I'm not saying this because this is like the launch Sunday, and it's like a quote-unquote specialer Sunday than others. No, this is like every Sunday, whether it's in the like, dead of February or it's, or it's in the summer and, and people are away. No, we want to see this all the time, all the time. Right, because in the end, that is why we've been created. It, it really is the reason. It, it's about God's glory. It, it's about that. It's not about our own. It's not about or it is about us being essentially smacked in the face with it. Right? Time and time again. God show it to us. Over and over. Yes, it's about experiencing it ourselves, but but it's for his sake that we're to do so. Right? It's why Isaiah 43, verse 7. It says this, everyone who is called by name, who I created for your own glory. No, for my glory, that's what God says, whom I formed and made. It's why 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Okay, so if it really is about him, it's about his glory, how can we do that? Pastor, give me some like, practical nuggets that I can take home that I can to think about and, and maybe some strategies or some things that I can kind of put into work and, 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 and get maybe better, just grow and being more effective in giving glory to the Lord, doing that more effectively and more often. Okay, so the question really is, how do we grow in this? How do we grow in being able to give glory to God? Well, again, here are four practical ways for you, and we'll close with this. Okay, it's how to give glory to God. First one, I think this is so important, Learn to see how God's glory is being revealed in every daily moment. In every daily moment, God is showing us his glory. The Bible says the, the whole earth is, is full of his glory, right? It, it actually is. It's just that you and I fail to see it. We, we, get, we get so self-consumed. We see what's going on in the world. We see what's going on in our own lives, and, and we get wrapped up in all of that, and we, and we, and we miss it, right? But, but learn in those everyday moments where you're watching or playing sports. Right, think about it. Like how, how is God showing up right now and showing us a glimpse of himself? As you're listening to the music that you like, as you're driving to work, yes, even when you're stuck in traffic on the 401. Okay, think about how is God showing me and revealing his glory. As you're, as you're, as you're disciplining the kids, right? as you're doing that, God is showing you something of himself that's awesome. As, as those everyday, seemingly sometimes mundane moments are happening, ask for eyes to see. God, help me to see who you are. And and, and really for us, it's it's to do the work of of considering this, right? uh, How is God revealing his glory to me in all the different situations that I face? I'll give you a real practical one from me uh, just recently. As you all know, and I talk way too much about, I enjoy golf. Okay, I do this. And so I I get out on the course and and I I enjoy golf. At least I, I like to think that I enjoy golf. But far too often, I get mad because I stink, right? And I, and I chunk balls around, and, I, and I'm terrible. And just, just recently, I got upset about it. And I actually took my club, and I slammed it, right? And we, and we do this. And, and in, the, in the moment, though, I started to think, I'm like, man, like, get a hold of yourself, your child, right? I'm thinking this. and I'm like, I got to stop for a second and just consider it's a beautiful day, right? It's... it's, it's Sunny, it's warm. I'm, you know, it's September. I'm still wearing shorts. Like this is, this is great. I, I, I'm with a friend from the church. How, how, how awesome is that? We're having great and fruitful conversations. Like, how, how amazing is it that God gave somebody the creativity to build a golf course like this? See, I'm starting, I'm starting to try and try and get myself there to appreciate the, the the God of glory and to give Him more glory in a moment that I actually wanted to just make it about myself and my own stupidity. Right? There's just things like that. Try and think through how you can work through that and and give glory to the Lord and see it. Here's a second one. How to give glory to God. Ask the question, what will bring the most glory to God right now? This is a a powerful question. I remember someone shared this with me once a few years back. Ask yourself that question when things are difficult. Why is it an important question to ask? Because it gets our, our... our, our minds off of all the selfish things that we want to do in those moments. And, and, and it helps us to think, what, w- what would God have me do? What would bring him glory? You're, you're in an argument with your spouse. Something's not going great at work. You're, you're, you're in, a, in an argument with somebody or, or something's awkward between, what, what would give God the most glory in this moment? Is it, is it to get mad at that person and give him a piece of my mind? Is it to lay into my boss? Is it to retreat and do nothing and pretend it's all gone away? I think if the answer to the question, what gives God the most glory is far different than what our tendencies would be, right? I think it's an important question to ask. You ask that question, you allow the Lord to reveal that to you and you act on it. You're giving glory to God. Here's the third one, how to give glory to God. Come to church, expecting God to reveal his glory. How many times do we come to church and we haven't put any thought process into what's about to happen, right? Do we, do we come in actually expecting, no, the Lord's going to do something awesome today. He's going to come in. He's going to, he's going to teach me something. He's going to remind me something of I already, uh, that I already knew, but I need to know more deeply. He's going to allow me to connect with somebody where I can encourage them or, or they can encourage me. I expect God to show up in glory. Do you do that? You come like that's, that's my heart, that's my intent. I think that's an important one. The fourth question is very similar, or fourth thing is very similar here. But come to church prepared to give glory to God, come prepared to give Him glory. Again, I, I think so many times, and I think about this for myself too, and I'm the pastor of this church. How many times do I come here and I'm just not quite prepared? Maybe it's not about a sermon, but maybe it's about some, some other element of something I've got to do today. Maybe my heart's not quite in the right spot. Maybe I'm not quite prayed up. Maybe I'm not anything. You can fill in the blanks. How many times do we just roll in here because it's just the cultural thing that we do as Christians in Canada? We've come in. We haven't prepared. We haven't been in the scriptures. We haven't read the Thursday email and even know what the message is going to be about. We, we haven't done any of those things. We haven't prepared our families. We haven't got got them in the word. We haven't been praying for them. We haven't been praying for the people that we know that we're going to be communicating with and seeing. We need to come prepared for church. I've heard people say that begins Saturday. It it, it never ends. (laughs) It begins all through the week. We spend time with the Lord. We're preparing ourselves. And and it's that March towards Sunday where we're going to be with the Lord and with our church family. It's so important that we be prepared to give glory to God. And that is what we're going to do. We do it all the time through singing. We've already sung a couple of songs. We've got a couple of more that we want to sing. I'm going to have the the worship team come on back up. We're going to respond to our glorious God by seeking to give him more glory through worship. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you and we're so grateful that you are this glorious God who is awesome, Lord. And, And if we're really honest, we would admit that we just don't always sense it or see it. Lord, we know that as we Uh, read through the scriptures, you are uh, declaring your glory through the things that have been made. Lord, through, through people, through situations, the whole earth is full of your glory. And so, Lord, I pray that, God, as we go forward into this fall, and as life gets more into the routine of what we're used to, school and work routines and schedules, and Vacation's kind of in the rearview mirror now, Lord. I, I, I pray that more than ever, Lord, we would desire to see your glory and glory in you. And so, God, I pray that as we sing, you would be pleased and you would be uh, truly honored and glorified through our time. We pray this all in Christ's name. Amen.